0: and welcome to the homeschool sisters podcast. I'm Kate and I'm a homeschooling mom doing this homeschool thing right beside you. I don't have it all figured out, but one thing I know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Join me and other down-to-earth members of the homeschool community as we share the reality of what this homeschooling journey is really like. One of the best parts about homeschooling with sisters by your side is the encouragement and support you receive, especially when trying something new. My friend Jessica from the Waldock Way is so enthusiastic about my continuing this podcast that she's partnering with me to bring you every single episode of the podcast this season. I would not have been able to do this without Jessica and her family, and I am so glad that I get to partner with and share a homeschool business that I use and love. The Waldock Way brings you unique resources that help to ignite a love of learning in your children. Their products encourage you to follow your children's lead and to learn alongside them every single day. Waldock Way unit studies are so engaging. Every single one includes games and even YouTube videos to help your child learn and have fun in the process. Yes, Jessica is a friend and a homeschool sister. She's also an amazingly creative educator who creates products perfect for my family and for yours. As a thank you for joining me in this new season, Jessica is generously offering our listeners 15% off everything in the shop with the code SISTERS15. Just head to thewaldockway.com. Again, Sisters listeners will get 15% off everything in the Waldock Way shop with the code SISTERS15. Learn more at thewaldockway.com. Hi sisters, Kate here. I am really excited to introduce you to Rachel Baker. Rachel is a homeschooling mom of four kiddos, ages 15, 13, 12, and nine. She's been homeschooling her kids from day one, but she never expected to be a home educator. I brought Rachel on because we get a lot of questions about homeschooling high school. And Rachel said that preparing and planning for high school has opened her eyes to what is necessary and what's not necessary for her kids' education, and it's helped her relax a lot, I think you're going to like what she has to say. So let's get to it. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Kate. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I'm really happy that you're willing to come on and chat with us about your family and your homeschool journey. I'm happy to be here. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family and how you got started homeschooling? Sure.
1: So I have four kids and ages 15, 13, 12, and nine. And my husband and I have been married for 17 years and he works from home. He does IT. So that helps with having him here with when I need to go somewhere. And so there's always a body here pretty much because He's here. And we live in a small town in southern Illinois in a house in the woods. And it's just, it's quiet and peaceful back here. And I love it. And we started homeschooling. Technically, I've been homeschooling from the beginning, from the very get-go. But I used to be a classroom teacher. I was a fifth grade teacher. And I I didn't teach very long, but once I started having children, I stayed home with them and I knew I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. At the time, I don't think that I really knew much of anything about homeschooling. I didn't have any friends who did it. Nobody in my family did it. And so I was in a local MOPS group, and MOPS stands for Mothers of Preschoolers. And my group leader actually homeschooled. And I was like, what is this? I don't know anybody who homeschooled. What is this all about? And so she's the one that introduced me to the idea of homeschooling. And somehow it just skyrocketed from there. And I guess you could say I officially started homeschooling when my oldest was three. So that was 2011. So that's, it's been 12 years now. And we've homeschooled all of our kids from the beginning, from the get-go. And and now we're here now. My oldest is in high school. And I didn't know that I would get to that point because high school just sounded so incredibly Scary to me. Yes, it does well, to homeschool, but we're here and we're doing it. <laughs>
0: so. I love that, and I can relate to so much of your story because I was a school psych. I growing up didn't know anybody who homeschooled. I just didn't even think of it. I didn't have a thought about it because it it was never in my world. Right. And I always I went into education planning to be a knew I wanted to be a mom, and I knew the hours would work really well being a mom. And I always thought. I would go back and they would be in school. And then we were handed this curveball. And it's, I, there are a ton of teachers and educators out there who end up homeschooling. And I think it's an interesting perspective because in addition to, I think if you went to public school, you have that idea of what school looks like in your head when you went to school. And then also you trained to work in a school and saw it from both sides like that it can be really hard to switch to homeschooling. And what does that look like? Because you've just never, it's not anything that you've experienced before.
1: And I almost think for me, it was like you're saying, it was hard for me. And it's still even hard. And I've been homeschooling for 12 years, but it's still hard sometimes to think, okay, I have this background in teaching. I used I had my degree in elementary education. And so it's hard when you look at the, you look at other moms who have, more of an unschooling approach or do more fun things with their kids. It's outside the box. It's hard for me to think outside the box because I'm so used to that classroom ideal of things and that environment. And there's definitely some positives about that, but it's, I almost feel like if I didn't have that background in teaching, it would probably be easier for me to be completely outside the box with
0: that. That is the feeling that I have too. I often think that if I could just take that part away for a minute, like just turn that part of my brain off when because it's funny. And as an educator, I have nothing against public school. And two of mine asked to go back this year and they're trying it out. But the reason why we're homeschooling is because that wasn't going to work for the child for whatever reason or for the family for whatever reason. And so many of us start homeschooling and recreate school at home. and like in my situation, my son had a really rough time in kindergarten and why would I try to recreate first grade for him when kindergarten didn't go well following that model right. it's not gonna work. but right. I think it's what we know so we're we fall back on what we know it can be right. scary to yeah open the box and step outside of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a certain homeschool philosophy that you follow?
1: So our homeschool, so we have several different philosophies that we would follow. We have a family mission statement, which we which we look to, which I'll go into in a second. But it's, but if you look at the different homeschool philosophies that are out there, I would say we're a mix of Charlotte Mason slash classical slash some traditional and some. Charlotte Mason thrown in there. And but going along with that, we have a family mission statement, which kind of goes along with why we started homeschooling. But we wanted our kids to be able to be in an environment that wasn't like society telling them what's important. We were able to do that at home. And we wanted we wanted our children to have a biblical worldview. And we didn't we wanted their character to be able to develop in a setting that wasn't what is Susie that sits next to this person what does she think about things or how was her personality developing we wanted our kids personality and character to be able to develop in a in an environment that wasn't what's the word for that, that wasn't upon what everyone else around them doing and, and we also like the idea of individualized attention and that one-on-one and being able to tailor things to our kids needs whether we need to back up and slow down with things or speed forward a little bit or maybe we need to pick up Something maybe what we're using is not working, but that kind of is all wrapped together with our homeschool philosophy.
0: I love that a little bit of everything. And what's your mission statement? That's probably do you know Um, of your head? (laughs) I have it. I have it. I have it in front of me,
1: which I would hold it up. That doesn't make it backwards. I can hold it up anyway. It's fine. Yeah. So that's our homeschool. So our and I think we went to a conference one time, and they suggested coming up with a homeschool mission statement and then a a family mission statement. So our homeschool mission statement is we homeschool in order to build a strong biblical foundation for our family, strive for academic excellence, experience life together as a family, instill a Christian worldview, cultivate a lifelong love for learning and allow each child's character and personality to develop in an environment that's untainted by society's worldly values. And then our family mission statement is our children will learn to become confident kingdom workers with a biblical worldview. So everything.
0: And did you make that at the beginning of your homeschool journey or at some point? I love the idea of coming up with that together.
1: It was a while ago. It was years and years ago. I would say probably six, seven, eight years ago. And I have it hanging on the wall downstairs, but a lot of times I forget that it's there. And then sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I need to focus more on (laughs)
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> it's like a anyway. visual reminder.
1: Yeah, so it has helped though, because it took us a while to write it because we we're just we we're trying to think of everything of why we homeschooled and what our our philosophy was, what we we're mm-hmm. trying to accomplish through all of this, and it took a while to come up with the right words and the right ideas. But but it has been, I would say it has been. It's been nice just to have like this is what our family is focusing on. So.
0: That's great. So I know there's no typical day when you're homeschooling, but could you tell us a little bit about what your homeschool day looks like?
1: Sure. I used to try to get up early before the kids and all that stuff, but some days I do. And some days it's just a few minutes before the kids get up. And um, so it's harder now because my husband works from home. And so he he has the flex schedule. And so he can sleep in. So it's harder for me to get up early if he's not getting up early. So honestly, it just depends on the day on if I'm going to hit snooze and actually get up and do my Bible study and just get things ready for the day, or if I'm going to get extra sleep. So with that in mind, my husband usually gets the kids breakfast because he works from home. And then I get stuff together for the day. And then, like I said, I'd like to get Bible study in, but not always, doesn't always happen in the morning. And then I take my dog for a walk. And then, so school starts whenever I get back from a walk with the dog. Sometimes that's, I have the idea that 8.30 is our start time, but Realistically, sometimes it's 8.45, like today it was nine because nobody wanted to get up. And so everybody got up late. (laughs) So (laughs) it just depends. But so we meet in our front room, which is this room right here. And the kids, I have the morning basket approach that Pam Barnhill has. And I sit in my comfy chair and we pray and go over our memory verse for that week and then do our Bible reading for that day. And then I like to do a logic question each day for the kids. So we do that. And then we like, I like to keep the kids up to date on current events. And so we use World News Group. They have a video that they send out every day that's the top story, which is a short one or two minute clip of some kind of top story in the news. And so we watch that. And then my favorite part of the morning, and I wish I could just sit and do it all day, is reading out loud to my kids. I love to just sit and read out loud to them. And I really love it when my kids say, no, mom, don't put the book down one more chapter, one more more chapter. Right now we're reading The Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis and we're getting, we're reading through that, the Narnia series. And so I just, I cherish that time. That's my favorite part of our homeschool day is reading out loud. And so then after that, my three younger kids go downstairs. We have a school area set up downstairs and they go down there and we have a Greek root word that we study each week. And so we talk about that and then do history. Some days during the week, we do something different and do, I try to do art on Fridays when possible. So during that time, my oldest is in high school. So she honestly does everything independently. So she goes upstairs and does her work. And then I just check in with her as she's going along to see how she's doing, if she needs help with anything, if she needs to go over anything with me. And so she's, pretty much on her own, aside from that time that we meet together in the morning. But, and I like that we still, even though she's in high school, I like that she is still able to do that time with us in the morning. So she's she still feels included. We can still do that time together as a family. So then after a history lesson, I my old, my second oldest, who's in eighth grade, she does she's on her own for math and science. And then I work with my youngest two kids on their, whatever work they have to do that day. Some of it they can do on their own. Some of it they need my help with. And then lunch and outside time. And then after lunch, we do, they all sit and read a book. Or a lot of times I have library books laid out for the kids that have to do with whatever we might be studying in history or science. And that's my plug for the library. I love. (laughs) I am obsessed with the library. I almost feel like I've won the lottery every time I go there. And they all know me by name because I'm the one that checks out like a hundred books at one yeah. time.
0: <laughs> That's our limit at ours is a hundred per person.
1: That's ours too. Cause I've asked him before. I'm like, do you guys have a limit? Because we really like checking out lots of books and they're like, I think it's a hundred, but I think I've checked out more than that before. And I just let it go. Cause, yeah. They, yeah, know cause they, know you.
0: they know you're right. going to come back. I love right. that. I, when <laughs> we were first homeschooling, I mean, we always loved the library, but when we were first homeschooling and my oldest was reading a ton and just was obsessed with books and so I would take out books and he would take out books and the librarians got to know him and we're a really small town so like they got to know him pretty well and they would say to me every time I came in Kate there is this other family and I have to tell you about that I'm not allowed to tell you their name privacy and stuff but one day you guys are going to be here at the same time and their son is so much like your son and they just need to meet and be friends so we ended up one day we've, we crossed paths at the library and the librarians were like so excited. So we, they ended up being like really friendly early on. This friend was in public school. So they did a destination imagination team together and then just grew apart only because public school and homeschool. Now cut to he's in high school. He's in classes with the same kid. They're playing games all the time. They're sharing book things. It's just, it's funny. It's really Librarians are awesome, and libraries yeah. are awesome.
1: Yeah, and that's actually my dream job. Once my kids graduate out of homeschool, I really want to work at the library. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So I was just gonna. So after silent reading, we do. My youngest kids are usually they're done with everything by them, but then the oldest kids usually still have work to finish up, and then they've got chores, and then they get to have their screen time and dinner and whatever else we have going on. So. That's pretty much, in a nutshell, right. our, our typical day.
0: And do you do any sort of co-ops or online or in-person classes?
1: Yes, some of both. We do have a local homeschool co-op that we've been a part of for many years. And we, so that's on Tuesdays. It it doesn't meet up again until February. So February through May, we'll be going to the spring semester for our co-op. And I love being involved in a co-op. Honestly, I don't know that I would be as excited about homeschooling without that. Cause I just love having that community and the kids see their friends. I see my friends and having the background as a classroom teacher, I get to have my little moment to be able to teach classes. I'm either teaching something At our co-op or I've been involved with leadership and been on the board of directors for our co-op. And so I just like being involved and being in leadership in some fashion with that. And I like that my kids are able to go and just go to all these different. There's so many different classes that our co-op has had. And it's honestly amazing how many more ideas that the parents in our co-op come up with. I'm like, I didn't even think of that. We've had things from like ballet to, there was a dad that came in and taught a mechanics class. And my son loved that class because he was able to take apart a lawnmower and he learned all these different things. And it was just such a neat idea. We did, there was a newsletter class and my girls, I found out were really into writing and writing articles for this newsletter, which with something new and fun to find out about them. And then uh, what else have we had? There is a teacher that does apologetics. There's art to crafts. There's a, I offered a pen pal class once. We have a yeah. refugee center over in St. Louis that one of the parents and their kids had volunteered at. And so we paired up the kids with writing to a pen pal. It was almost like writing to a pen pal from another country because these kids are from other countries. And so we got to learn a lot about their culture and the kids would get letters every week from them and then write back to them. So co-op is really important and vital to our homeschool world. And then as far as online classes, my high schooler, my daughter does, we use Compass Classroom and she does Dave Raymond's American History course, which she really likes. She says that's her favorite class that she does right now, which I love because I I'm a history buff. I love history. And so I love hearing what she's learning about. And and so she really enjoys that. And then as far as other online classes, I don't know if you consider teaching textbooks as, I mean, it's not necessarily an online class, but uh, an online
0: digital resource or digital learning, I guess.
1: So we use that. We just started utilizing that a year ago and we found out how much we really like it. And I wonder why it took us so long to start using that program because it makes math so much more fun to uh, have so many fun visuals and and I don't have to do anything because it grades it all for me which is probably the best part those are the things right now that we're doing online in groups not related to homeschool specifically but my daughter does gymnastics and then my son is in trail life which is like a a christian boy scouts type group that meet and then as We're trying to instill a heart for serving in our kids. And so we, we do volunteer once a month at our church's food pantry, and which I think is a great opportunity for the kids and a great learning experience for them. So that's uh, that's the different groups and co-ops it, that we're involved in.
0: It's such a wide array of co-op classes, which is really wonderful. Yeah. And the service, I feel, and I can say this year is busier for us with two being in public school. It is such such a bonus of homeschooling that you have the time where in the space where you can fit something like that in and you're not trying to like put it after school between getting off the bus and practice or whatever. So one of the reasons that why I really wanted to have you on to talk about your homeschool journey is that you are homeschooling high school. And we get so many questions from people who are so overwhelmed by the thought of, I know middle school too, people feel that way like entering when you're officially in middle school, but especially high school, because you have transcripts, you have potential for college, you have what about labs, we get tons of these questions. And I think so many people, homeschool evolves so much as your kids get older and you're mentioning how your daughter is upstairs doing her learning. And my son was in eighth grade last year. He was almost completely independent. He would be with us for our morning time and coffee and books and things like that. But he did his work on his own. And so I think that's something we forget. Like You don't have to be in the chemistry lab necessarily, right? but it is intimidating to think about kids getting into high school, finishing high school, transcripts, and not having a guidance counselor or whatever the worry is at the time. Could you speak a little bit to that?
1: Yes. So about a year ago, I was a deer in headlights about teaching high school. I was thinking, I have no idea how this is going to happen, how I'm going to figure this out. But I knew it was possible because I had friends that homeschooled, their kids through high school and the kids graduated and they looked like they turned out just fine. (laughs) So I knew it was possible. I just didn't really know how to, I don't know. It just seemed overwhelming to go about it. And so we, our family has used the, my father's world curriculum from K through eighth grade. And it just didn't look like a good fit for my daughter for her high school years. So I knew that I needed to come up with a different plan for high school. And that in and of itself was overwhelming to me because there's just, there's so many awesome options for homeschooling and for curriculum you're just like how do I use a little bit of everything out there and how do I
0: not buy something that I'm going to regret because it doesn't work the whole thing too and it's when you're using one thing for so long I imagine it's scary to even though you know it wouldn't work to right yeah it was
1: very scary to me to try and even though again I have an education background I was just like I don't know I don't know what's the best thing to do. I just I slowly I told myself I was just going to take it slow. I slowly started researching. And the my biggest thing that helped me the most is attended our homeschool conference that they have every year. And I went to all the sessions at on High School. And I think the only lady there talking about high school stuff was Ann Carrico. She has a few books out too and I listened I listened to all of her sessions and took. I sat there rigorously taking notes while she was talking, <laughs> wanting to make sure I got all the little tidbits I needed to know in. Um, but I bought her books. One of them was The Cure for Homeschooling, which I think was more of like a workbook format. And then the other one was Saving Your Sanity While Homeschooling High School. And I am telling you what she, it was literally like, I don't know this lady, I don't know her. <laughs> she doesn't know who I am. But... It was like, she was literally taking me by the hand and saying, okay, Rachel, you're going to be fine. Take a deep breath. Here's step-by-step what to do. And it literally was, if you read her books, it's literally like having a conversation with her. Cause she says things like LOL and just acronyms for things where it's like, she's having a conversation with me and just coaching me like, okay, take a deep breath. It's going to be fine. So if anything, if anybody takes anything away from this conversation you and I are having, it's to look up Ann Carico. Her website is not that hard to and her books, because her books were just, I, and I did everything the way she said, I literally step-by-step did every step that she said to do, even if it seemed like, do I really need to do that? But I did that. And At the end of it, I was like, oh my goodness, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And so one of her steps, she talks about just picking four or five colleges, some in the area, some that are local, maybe something that's further away, maybe a school that specializes in whatever you think your child might be interested in going into as far as a career and see, literally go on their website and see what their admission requirements are. And so I was like, wow, I didn't think about doing that because I live in Illinois and in Illinois, it's the freest state in the entire nation for homeschooling in, in the sense that they don't, there's very little specific requirements for our state. So there was nothing I could look to that that would say, okay, in order for your homeschooler to graduate, they have to have this many credits and Go to school this many days and they have to take these specific exact courses it's honestly kind of up to the parent what you would like to do as long as you stick with the branches of education and what kids if, with their corresponding age are doing in public school that's really like the gist of it and
0: that kind and of makes <laughs> it more scary too karen <laughs> right. used to talk about this all the time because i'm in new hampshire she's in illinois and new hampshire is similar nobody comes looking for anything you technically have to have a portfolio or take a test but nobody has ever There's, it's fine, but it makes it more intimidating because you're thinking, what if I'm not covering even just thinking about my oldest always thought he would go to high school and he would hedge back and forth, but that was always his plan. And even thinking then, am I preparing him enough for, and it's like a good school for him to go, is he going to miss something or have gaps or something like that? Mm -hmm. Our homeschool state doesn't require a lot from you. And so
1: you're right. It does make it a little bit more difficult because in one sense you could go to the public school's website and see, okay, what do they require? Some people do recommend doing that. I know um, Ann Carico in her book said you, that might be, might be more stressed out about it if you do that. <laughs> but I know other homeschool parents that, homeschool high school that said that helped them just see, okay, what is it that the public schools require? And I have no other states in the nation, I have no idea <laughs> if they require something different, but at least for us, that's what it was. So really I based my daughter's homeschool program on After looking at those colleges and seeing what their exact requirements are, I built her homeschool program from that. And then I used the worksheets that were in the book that Ann Carrico had, and I just filled in, she had little worksheets with grids, and you would just map out, okay, what are these colleges that, you know, potentially your daughter could be going to? And what are they requiring? You fill in the grid and then from that you decide okay how many credits do i think maybe she would want to do or that she would do each year and and just go from there and so that really helped me to just get a view of okay what do we want to do exactly and what is this going to look like now obviously i haven't sat down and actually pinpointed all the specific classes she's going to be doing all the way up through her senior year because she's only a freshman this year, but at least I was able to map out the first year and maybe get a loose idea for the years after that. And the whole idea of credits terrified me too, because I was like, how am I going to figure this out? What does this credit thing even mean? And so I just slowly learned about it and learned about how to, how to do that. And we are members of HSLDA, which I would recommend for any homeschool parent out there because they were very instrumental in helping me too, because I talked several times to some of their high school consultants about, okay, like, how can, you know, what's your recommendation for how I go about this? How do I keep track of things on a transcript? And they actually sent me a blank template transcript that I can just use. So I didn't have to come up with anything myself. Wonderful and so- to know. Right. And so they said, just fill this out. And if at some point you want us to review it and give and give some help or hints with the things that we think you might want to change, just reach out to us. And so I plan on after each year, my daughter completing each high school year, just going in and filling out things on her transcript after she actually completes it. Because like, for instance, this year, she loves cooking, and so I was gonna have her do a cooking elective, but it just ended up being too much, and so we dropped that. So I didn't want to put stuff on the transcript before she, we she actually completed it, and we knew that she was gonna finish the whole course. But so anyway, HSLDA was just really instrumental in helping, and also helped me figure out credits because some classes, like if you are outsourcing for different classes through an online course, or even if you're just using a textbook, a lot of times they will actually say this course counts for half a credit. This one accounts for a full credit. And so that helped. But then HSLDA also, they have a whole pamphlet that they sent me about it, but they're able to teach me about how 150 credits for a core course would be one credit and 180 hours for a lab would be a credit and then 120 for the elective. So from so after learning all of that, I almost felt empowered. I was like, wow, I can build this whole this whole set of curriculum for my daughter, basically that I'm piecing, pulling from here and there. And I don't have to use like a box curriculum, not that box curriculums are bad by any means, because we use them all the way K through eighth. But for some reason, like I just didn't branch out until really I did here and there, but really until this year. And then I just felt empowered. I was like, wow, I can do this and we can do this. And she's interested in that. So we'll pull that in. And so it's just been, it's just been exciting to, to learn, to
0: be in that new experience for us. I love it. You're creating like a patchwork mm-hmm. for her. And right. I think as I'm listening to you, it occurred to me that I think often we're thinking of the end so senior year and everything you need for that, but you have mm-hmm. time To figure things out. And even right now you're going to fill in your transcript after the fact. So you don't even technically need to have, you need to understand the concept of what's expected, but you don't need to have all the things to start high school. You have time to learn about it. And there are supports out there that can help you along the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and labs too. Like I was terrified of, oh my goodness, how are we going to do, how are we going to accomplish that? And so my daughter seems really interested in science and I really think she'll probably go into something science related for a career. And so I wanted to build a strong science foundation for her with the anticipation like she might really go into something science related in college and maybe even past that. And so I wanted to pick a course that would reflect that, something that wasn't too easy for her, something that would be challenging, but not break her by any means. <laughs> and so we had used Apologia in the past for general science and seventh and physical science an eighth. And actually, this is also another side note. There are some subjects they can do in eighth grade that can count for credit on their high school transcript. So I was able to take her physical science that she used an eighth and count that as a credit for for high school. But anyway, back to what I was saying. So she was used to apologia. And we knew we, we probably wanted to do apologia biology for this freshman year. But we really felt like my daughter needed some more independence and interaction more with peers and just accountability outside of me, outside of her always being accountable to me for everything. So we went on this journey trying to find, okay, how do we do this? Do we pick some kind of an online class for her to fulfill her apology of biology? Because there would be a lab with it. Or do we, a co-op, because our co-op that we go to locally in the past has offered biology with a lab, and they but they weren't offering it at this point in time. And so we actually found a homeschool academy and they, so they meet once a week, her biology class meets once a week and she has her own instructor for that. So she goes in for that once a week and then does the rest of her assignments for that class throughout the week at home. And then it's good for her though, because it's a whole new thing. Like she has to email her teacher now, she has to use Google Classroom to keep track of her assignments and test grades and all of that. And so it's been really good for her to have that taste of classroom teaching and working with peers to do labs and whatnot and making new friends, but she's still at home the rest of the rest of the week. And so that's been good for her that she's, and she's able to fulfill that lab. But at the same time, I know that I've heard people say that there's online virtual labs that you can do, and then there's kits, lab kits you can order to do at home as well. So it's definitely no matter where you're at in your homeschool journey, it's definitely totally possible to do those high school labs and to get those in. (laughs)
0: Definitely. And there are so many, we're fortunate that there are so many resources right now, depending on what works for your family and also your comfort level with science. Cause I know some people are really feel very confident. And then there are others who the thought of high school science all over again is a little intimidating. So it's good to know there's all those resources.
1: Yeah. And I'm definitely not, I, my science is not my forte. It's not my thing. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to teach this to her. And I love that she has a teacher that, acts, that has a background in science and absolutely loves it. And she has learned so much from it. So I'm just really grateful to have that, the homeschool academy action for her.
0: That's wonderful. So when you look at your homeschool journey so far, what has surprised you the most?
1: I think what surprised me the most is how much I have learned and I know Jessica that you had on your last podcast said the same thing but honestly I did not foresee that at all I just anticipated okay I'm going to be teaching my kids they're going to be learning I'm going to be watching them learn and grow but I almost feel sometimes like I learn and learn more than my kids do (laughs) From it. Or I get more excited about it. We'll go to the art museum and I'll say, kids, look at this. This is what we were learning about in history. And they just look at me and I'm like, aren't you excited? This is what (laughs) we're just learning about.
0: I love it. I can relate to that. that. (laughs) What has been the biggest challenge or what do you find most challenging?
1: So I think that's twofold. First of all, the most challenging thing for me currently is trying to get my two youngest kids to cooperate on the days that they don't want to cooperate. That's the biggest thing. I think secondly, though, is just be motivated myself on the days where I just want to sit in my chair and read a book or take a nap or tackle my to-do list. And so (laughs) it's on those days, it's a challenge to just say, okay, we, we need to get our schoolwork done and I can't just do whatever I want. So sometimes that can be a challenge for me as well.
0: We talked about that a little bit in the Jessica episode too, because there are so many. Home is your home, school, but you also have this to do list, and there's calls to make, and there's work to be done, and laundry, and dinner. So, yeah, it's a lot, so you never really get to everything you want to prioritize.
1: And I like to liken that too. Sometimes I tell my husband, "But the house is a crazy mess, and there's dishes everywhere." I'm like, "It's a toxic work environment. My work <laughs> environment. I don't have somebody to. I don't have somebody to come in and clean. I don't have a janitor. I don't have a cook." cafeteria cook to come in and cook. This is just a toxic environment. Everything is such a mess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm How can totally I stealing that. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> if you could describe your homeschool in one word or two words, what would you choose? I would,
1: I think I would say for this year, I would say change. There's just been so many changes this year with my oldest and beginning high school and finally breaking out of the box and coming up with some of my own, like piecing together curriculum for her, and just navigating the teenage years. And she just finished her in classroom driver's ed.
0: Which uh, is, I just signed oh my, my son up for it, and I—it's <laughs> <laughs> oh like goodness. a
1: whole—it's a whole new ballpark. And so I'm—I told her this week. I said, "Okay, you are going to," because she finished the in classroom instruction, and so she really needs to take her permit test this week. And I'm just so nervous about her driving. And I told my husband, I'm like, I could teach the rest of the subjects. Why don't you be the driver's ed teacher? You I already <laughs> told my husband
0: it's going to be him because I don't want, I am very nervous for him driving. His attention is not, he has very, a lot of strengths, but attention <laughs> is not one of them. And so the thought of being, in charge of that is just terrifying to me. When can you when can she start driving there? 15. So she can get her permit at 15.
1: And then once she I think she has to hold I, I can't I think she has to hold on to her permit for nine months before she can get her license. And so she'll be 16 in October this year. So I can't figure out the math right now. But
0: yeah.
1: Plus she has to finish she has to finish her driving instruction, like her formal driving instruction with an actual certified driving instructor Mm -hmm. aside from my husband or I too. So all that has to be done before she can actually get her license, but I'm in no hurry.
0: No, same (laughs) when I called. So my friend has a daughter that was born in December and my son is April and we were in the same mom's group together. And she texted me the other day and she was like, Kate, you might want to Sign your son up for driver's ed because they're booking out till November. And oh he, yeah, I know they're completely full. And then I was like, that's good. Let's <laughs> we'll just get on the wait list. We don't have to get in right in the moment. But I remember my pediatrician guy, but he has four kids and they're all like within a year because they had two children 13 months apart, but then in there they had been on an adoption list. And their number got called up and they got twins. If you So they're all basically the same age. Oh, wow. He's teaching. I mean, there's a year and a half spread maybe, but they're four. He's got four high schoolers basically. And he was telling me about driving and it was like raising my blood pressure as I was sitting there. And he was like, so technically you can start driving at 15, but you can't take your class until nine months later, which seems a little backwards. So I told him right now we're in no rush. The class isn't coming soon. We'll just... Hang, right. Hang tight. right,
1: And I'm right, I'm right there with you. I'm just like, I am in no hurry. It makes me so nervous. And my husband's like, oh, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be fun. And I'm just like, it's just the mom thing. I'm just panicked about it though. I mean, yeah. this is just a whole new world, like thinking of giving her the car keys and she's going off somewhere and I'm going to just have a heart attack.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm right there with you before. So we're doing rapid fire questions this year, but before we get to them, I wanted to ask you about your two Instagram accounts, which are wonderful. And I know we we often on sisters are talking about our cheese and our burritos and feel like we're just very strongly strong feelings about cheese. And <laughs> you have a cheese account.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that it, the whole thing started a few years ago when our church had a like a weekly date night challenge. And so at that time, our kids were super little and we couldn't just go out for a date whenever. So we started doing at home dates. Nights. And somehow from that, we evolved the idea of sampling a brand new cheese every Sunday night. And then we sit down and watch. I don't know, we've been through several different things, but we like monk and psych and just lighthearted shows or shows about Alaska. We love Alaska. We're obsessed with Alaska. And but along with that, we will sample a brand new cheese every week. And then I'll feature it on our Instagram page, our Instagram account that we have, which is Cheese Date Nights. And it's been a lot of fun. And a lot of times, I don't know if people really look at it or even notice when I post it, but then I've had friends say, oh my goodness, I look every week. I look forward to seeing what new cheese you guys tried and what you thought of it. And most of the cheeses I find at Aldi, honestly. Really? Um, yes. Yeah. Aldi's so every, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So every week, almost every week I go to Aldi and I like, it's my, like I walk in with this mental challenge. Okay. I'm going to find something brand spanking new that we have not tried. And we're going to sample it this week. And, and there's been other places that we, that we get it at too, but most of them, I would say 90% is from Aldi. Aldi, they have fantastic cheeses. So fun. It's a lot of fun to, to try a new one every week.
0: It sounds so fun. It's such a, in the low key date night that anyone could do. And yeah, who doesn't love cheese? Exactly. <laughs> That's your favorite. I have to ask.
1: they there is a Merlot cheese by Bella something. I can't Mm -hmm. remember the name of it. Bella. I'm going to totally butcher the name. Yeah,
0: no, it's okay. (laughs) But that's our
1: favorite. It's a Merlot. It's a really rich flavor. And so our favorite, I would say are probably the more hard type Mm -hmm. of cheese, but we've tried everything from like soft cheese spreads to like, the other night we did a cheese ball, or sometimes I'll get really creative and I'm like, we're gonna sample cheesecake tonight. Oh and wow. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And it just makes it more fun each week for my husband and I to just sit down and the kids know by now. They're like, mom and dad, is it time for your cheese date night? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. That's
0: and so wonderful. sometimes
1: we'll, we'll save little pieces for them to try to sometimes, but it's just a really fun thing to to do each week. So You've enjoyed and, it.
0: and you, in addition to having cheese date night, you also take photos and put them on greeting cards at farm. You said like farmer's markets. Yeah,
1: there's one, there's one local farmer's market in a neighboring town that I sell those, those photos. At. I was trying for a while to do, to sell bigger framed prints of my photos, but those weren't selling as much. And so now I just sell them on greeting cards and it's a super tiny amount but I don't sell a ton of them by any means sometimes I'll go in after four months and I've sold maybe five of them so it's a tiny little thing but, but it's, it's a
0: passion project that <laughs> right. I love so it I love getting like I know exactly well I've looked at your account but being in New Hampshire we have lots of like farmers markets and nature centers and things like that and I love picking up the photograph or the art, like there are people who do art, like nature art on cards. I love those. I think receiving one feels so much more personal than no offense to Hallmark. It's just, (laughs) I love them. So I think it's great. Yeah. No matter how many you're selling uh, and I'm sorry, this is dinging. My, my son is apparently out of school and now it's looking for (laughs) like screen time boosted and I have it silent and I don't know why it's going to my computer. So we're just going to ignore him for a minute.
1: That's okay. Yeah, so it's been a lot of fun, and I so I've always loved photography. Like from when I was super little, probably second grade, and I had one of those hot pink Vivitar cameras with the film in it that you would then walk. I would walk it down to the grocery store and develop all my pictures. And Remember how so, long that, like the wait to get your pictures back? Yes. And I cannot imagine that now because now it's just instant, instant, because yeah, then you can like, look I'm at gonna it. I'm going to delete this one. That was terrible. <laughs> but I cannot imagine. I admire that other photographers that I've seen that can still take film photography and be successful with that, but I just do not have the patience for that. So it's just been, it's just been a lot of fun. And I love nature. I love being in nature. I like finding just unique things in nature or architecture that just looks inspiring or unique or somehow just strikes me as just an amazing image. I love seeing, just beholding the beauty of what God has made and capturing that through photography. And so the reason I started putting them on greeting cards is I am a huge snail mail enthusiast. I'm like trying to create this revival of people sending mail, like physical mail cards. Snail and mail is the best. <laughs> Yeah. And so I took my love of that and photography and combined it into one. And it's been a lot of fun. And I agree with you. I think, and I've had people tell me this, getting a card with photography on it is so much more fun and unique than the other types of cards out there. And you can keep it.
0: like Not that you may keep Christmas cards and things, but it's something that you could actually, my son has in his room photos hung up, things like that from calendars and whatnot. So could you share that account before we go to rapid fire?
1: Sure. So my
0: Instagram account for
1: my photography is photographed.by.rachel.baker. And we'll so put can... that in
0: the show notes for both of them.
1: Right. If yes. And I try interested
0: to in cheese and nature
1: photos. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I went on a photograp- photography photography hi- hiatus for a year. So I didn't put any new pictures on my Instagram account for like a year. But then my husband and I recently went to Maine. We had never been to that New England area like where you live. We mm-hmm. just fell in love with it. And I got my camera back out and I was super inspired by all the beauty in Maine. And so now I'm back and I'm posting pictures
0: again. That's wonderful. That I love Maine. What part did you go to?
1: We went to, we stayed in Bar Harbor and then we went to Acadia National Park. I'm of crazy obsessed with national parks. And we were up there. It was actually for my 40th birthday. I told my husband, I said, I don't want to party. I'm not a party person. I want to go to Maine. I want to do the leaf peeping and see all the fall foliage. And so we went up there and it was just amazing. And Maine is breathtaking. And I would love to go back and spend way more time there. <laughs>
0: We did a vacation in Acadia and Bar Harbor in October, not last year, but the year before. And it was one of my favorite family vacations of all time. It's just to have, Maine's beautiful anyway, but then to have those mountains and the ocean right there is yes. just magical. It's so pretty. And I definitely want to go back more. I'm like, why don't we come here? It's a trek from where we are right now, but I'm like, why don't we come here more? I
1: know it's it's beautiful. And did you go, did you see the sunrise? The thing where you go up on Cadillac? No,
0: I wanted to, it was hard with the teen, but they did do, they were going to do which one was and I'm going to get them confused. Now. My, my husband, we all love to hike, but my husband, I'm afraid of heights. So there are some hikes I won't do. And that I really don't like to be, if my husband takes the kids and I don't know about it, that's fine. But if I'm with them, (laughs) even though they're older and more (laughs) responsible, it just gives me like, it's not fun for me. So he was going to do, is it, was it beehive that has that they're literally climbing and holding on to clamps and it's maybe not, did beehive. And was, normally I would have said no to that, but there was something like that, whatever mountain they wanted to do. I was like, when I Googled it, it was like in the top most dangerous. <laughs> so I was like, can we not? <laughs> Cause I'm not going to enjoy the day with the other two while you guys are up there. I'm going to be just like, are they going to make it though? So. I'm not sure if it was beehive. I know there is one that Bed and breakfast
1: we stayed at. I overheard the people at the table next to us talking about that they did it. But it's like you're literally clinging onto these iron rungs yeah. on the side of a mountain. I did not do that one. I no, there's no way I could do that one. <laughs> but I like a little bit of
0: space thing. between myself and like the edge of the world, <laughs> just, right. just a little bit. Even yeah, though so, I no, as I'm talking, I think Beehive was the one that they did, and that there was something scarier. And the pictures that they showed me even of that. And you have to, the other thing is, is it's very popular and it was in October. So everyone's there to take photos of the trees and everything. Cause it was absolutely gorgeous, but you're in a line basically on the side of a mountain, like holding on to rungs while you wait yes. for all of the people. If you got nervous and wanted to turn around, you couldn't. <laughs> so it was like right. this is terrifying to me, but it was, their pictures were, Beautiful. They made like some fake photo and sent it to me that looked like he was like hanging off. It's like (laughs) not funny. (laughs) But all that said, it was one of our like most favorite family vacations ever, and I want to do it again. Yeah, and I love that you guys went there because it's I don't know, just experiencing nature as
1: a family. I think is just just so wonderful. I know a lot of people that love would rather go to Disney World than the Mm -hmm. mountains. I'm one of those people where I'm like, no kids, let's go see another national park. Um, <laughs> I'm right with you so did you do the Cadillac Sunrise so we tried so it's a funny story actually now that I look back on it they so we funnier got funnier after the fact <laughs> right so I months ahead of time I got the tickets because the tickets sell out within five minutes so I was online and I was all nervous I was like oh my gosh we're not gonna be able to get these tickets to go up to Cad- on Cadillac Mountain for the sunrise because they only let 150 cars up there and um But I got the tickets and we got up there at 5.30 in the morning, even though the sun wasn't going to rise until 6.45. My husband was not happy about it because he is not a morning person. And he was like, I do not want to get up at 4.45 when we're on a trip on vacation, but he's, I'm going to do this for you because I love you. And I know you're excited. And I know you want to get some great pictures of the sunrise. And so we went and we started going up the mountain. It was super foggy and raining and, but yet we were not the only crazy ones. There's other people going up the mountain too anyway, despite the weather. And so we're sitting up there in the dark, like everybody's cars are just lined up in the parking lot. We're sitting there in the pitch dark still cause it's 5.30 in the morning it's raining, it's super cold outside, it's foggy, you can't see anything. And I think everybody was just hoping, okay, maybe when the sun comes out, it'll just melt away the fog and everything. And so we got out of the car like shortly before the sun was supposed to rise and we had our raincoats on and we're absolutely freezing cold because the wind is blowing like sideways. And so we're just huddled together with the other crazy people up there hoping that the sun's just going to melt it away and the sun comes up and you, you couldn't see the sun come up because it was just foggy but all it was just all it was just the sky got slightly brighter and it wasn't <laughs> but I was like oh my goodness I was so excited about seeing the views from Cadillac Mountain i seen all the pictures online of how beautiful it was and I was just envisioning these great photographs I was going to be able to get and no if my my husband picture, took a picture of me. I was just standing there. Like, Here's the sunrise. It was just me in a raincoat. And the sky was just a little bit brighter
0: gray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a bummer. <laughs> and your, your husband getting up for that too.
1: <laughs> yeah, but now we laugh about it and we're like, that was an adventure. Would they, would
0: they have reimbursed you for that? Or is it just totally you win no. the lottery if you get good? Wow, that's I didn't even think about that.
1: No, I have a lot of
0: gray days here in New England.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, okay, we have to go back so that I can actually see the sunrise next time. But I think it was only maybe $5, $5 or $6 we paid to make the reservation. So we didn't lose out on a whole lot. But I just was like, we were only up there for four days. And I was like, there's so much I want to see and all these things. And then the sunrise is one of them. And I'm like, And there was nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, it just gives you an excuse to go back. We always, like when I was in high school, I loved Dave Matthews' band. And we still go, if he comes around, we'll go to a small concert here. And my favorite song of his is Two Step. And he's never... My roommate in college was obsessed, used to get tickets for everything. So I've seen him like way more times than anyone else that I've seen of concerts. And he never plays two-step. It's always the other night. I've gone the first (laughs) night, I've gone the second (laughs) night. And like, he just wants me to come back so I can hear him play it. So you have to go back to Acadia so that you get your non-gray sunrise with all the colors.
1: And I'm jealous that you live so much closer and you can go see any of that stuff like much easier than it is for me to go there
0: it's unbelievably beautiful if anyone hasn't been and has the ability to go I'd highly recommend so rapid fire are you ready yeah okay coffee or tea
1: Definitely coffee. I have my coffee right here. But it has to be coffee with, I'm really picky about this. It has to be coffee with a foamy cream on top. So I'd froth my cream and then pour it on the top. But I'm snobby now. Like I I have to have that little bit of foam on the top to really. My friend does
0: that. And in the morning, I just need it. So I'm, it can't be fancy, but my, I have a friend who does that and it's magical. And she'll only drink coffee like that now. And I wish I had the energy to do that in the morning, but I don't. I think I know what you're going to say to this, but nature walk or documentary on the couch.
1: But definitely nature walk. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Up before You talked about this, but up before the kids or let me sleep.
1: It really depends on the day. I would love to say that I'm always up before the kids. And I'm usually technically, I guess, technically up before them, but it's usually like minutes before, before they get up. But I would love to say that, oh yeah, I get up an hour before the kids and get all this stuff done. But realistically, I just i just loved my sleep more like the older I get.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's so good for you. And it's so important that I think that's, I'm noticing it this year with my bags. It's definitely a benefit. They never really slept late, but high school and middle school starts early. So they're missing that sleep that they would, I would never, I wake them up at a point, but I generally just started school when they came down because they were early risers. But even with early risers, their sleep is important. I agree. Video games, yes or no?
1: So, if we're talking video games for my kids, yes, we let them do video games. Definitely a battle to limits their time on there. But if we're talking video games for me, I would rather scrub forty toilets
0: than (laughs) play (laughs) video games. I
1: I I love it. I just, I don't know. I personally just don't get the infatuation with video games. I don't know, but I just am a different generation than my kids, and I know that's what kids do nowadays. But I just. I don't get it. Now I will say we got our kids the VR like headset video game thing for Christmas. That is pretty cool.
0: My friend has one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's like literally like sci-fi that you're stepping into. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I'm not the other way to go. Yeah. (laughs) I could never
0: get into them either. And I don't know what it was, but my boy saved up for an Xbox and we're doing the, it's still new. So we're navigating the, it's, all they think about sometimes, and actually we caught one kid in the night like we had turned off Wi-Fi so that they can't sneak down there because that's what they were doing. They would wait till we go to bed and then sneak down and try to play it. So <laughs> we turned that off. And so one of them had downloaded on a Chromebook that wasn't even hooked up to the internet because the Wi-Fi was dead like off a video from YouTube or whatever of somebody playing a video game. You should be sleeping, number one. And number two, you are watching like you you planned this and you're watching something that you're not even playing. That is the right. part that I really is beyond my comprehension.
1: Yes. Yeah. And my son does the same thing to watch all these famous gamers and watch them explaining the video game and talking about it. And I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What is bringing you joy right now? I
1: think my new kitty We adopted a new cat about three months ago. His name is Tommy. And he's just this really big, gray and white kitty. And if he was around me, I would pick him up and show you. But he's probably in the basement somewhere. But he is just such a bundle of joy and I can I I talk to him, like I meow to him and he meows meows back. And in the morning, like when he hears my alarm go off, if I don't get up quick enough to feed him, he comes over on my side of the bed and just gently paws my face until I get up. If I don't get up, he'll come back a little bit later (laughs) and gently paw
0: my face. (laughs) He's like your second, your snooze. He is like my snooze,
1: but he's just so sweet. And he all he wants is treats. And I call him tweets, his tweets. He'll go in the he'll go in the kitchen. He'll knock him down off the shelf, and then just put his paw on it and look at me like he wants me to (laughs) to give him some treats. But he's what he wants. Yeah, he's just such a sweet cat, and I love that because we the cat we had before I loved her, but she just was not that sweet, and so it's just so wonderful to have a sweet kitty around now.
0: Oh, that's great! It's always fun getting a new family pet too. Yeah. Exciting time. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your family with us and talking some of us down from the anxiety of homeschooling high school. Yeah, you're welcome. I was happy to be on. Have a great rest of your day. Thank
1: you. You too. It was nice meeting you.
0: It was nice meeting you too. Yeah. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey sisters, Kate here. As a lifelong gamer, school psychologist, and homeschool mom, I have witnessed time and time again the power of play when it comes to learning. In fact, I truly believe that homeschooling can be almost all fun and games. Now, does that mean it's going to be all sunshine, rainbows, and laughter? Heck to the no way. But I do believe we could all be having a heck of a lot more fun. A playful mindset can transform your homeschool routine and your family life. The best part? You don't need an overflowing game closet to get started. You can be a game schooler today with just a deck of cards and I'd love to show you how. That's why I created Never Bored Learning. Never Bored Learning is a private online community for creative parents and educators who embrace play-based learning and game schooling. The goal of Neverborn Learning is to play more and learn lots in the process. Your Neverborn Learning membership includes access to monthly guest speakers, live Q and A's, monthly day in the life family spotlights, and an ever growing library filled with printable resources, including documentation resources, challenges, and print and play games and activities. But the very best part of NBL is the private online community forum. This is not a Facebook group, and it is hands down my favorite spot on the internet. The community is a vibrant one, filled with creative parents and educators. I wake up every morning before my kids, I pour myself that very first cup of coffee, and I hang out in the MBL Community Forum. It's my favorite way to start the day, and I'd love to see you there. If you'd like to learn more about Neverboard Learning, visit neverboardlearning.com. That's n e v e r b o a r d l e a r n i n g dot com. And if you're not ready for a monthly commitment, but you're interested in getting your feet wet with game schooling, I invite you to sign up for our free seven-day Game School Kickstart, which you can find on MylittlePoppies.com, or enroll in our digital course, Gameschooling 101. I can't wait to show you the power that play can have on your homeschool and family life. I wish you a play-filled year, sisters. Chat soon. Bye for now.